You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. It's just the opposite of what's happening on earth. On earth, people are dying and people are just without hope and it's like a time that's never been and never will be again. Utter devastation. But in heaven, we're up there going, it's almost time. Jesus is coming back and we're coming back with him. And heaven is exciting. There is a real heaven and a real hell. It's important to ponder this every so often so as not to get complacent. If heaven and hell aren't real, then Jesus' death wasn't necessary. You weren't saved from anything because you didn't need saving. In today's message, Pastor Danny describes the utter devastation and destruction that is prophesied to come on the earth in the book of Revelation. The rapture of the church comes first. Where do you put your hope? In this world or in the Savior? Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Revelation chapter 10 as he continues his message, the book of Revelation in 40 minutes. Jump down to verse 13. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? Well, John doesn't know. So verse 14, I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the lamb. So lots of people are going to come to faith in Christ during this awful time. Not everyone will, but lots of people will from all over the world. Seal number 7, chapter 8, verse 1, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. That's fascinating. It's the greatest calm before the greatest storm the world has ever known. Can you imagine 30 minutes? Because what is about to unfold has never happened before. Jesus said about this coming time in Matthew 24, For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of time until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. The elect, that's just a term that refers to those who will put their faith in Jesus Christ. Because God wants all men to be saved, once the 
seventh seal is open, the end doesn't come right away. And from the seventh seal come seven trumpets. First trumpet, all the green grass on the planet is burned up. You say, that's hard to believe. It's going to happen. Sounds nuclear. If you know about the number of people that are going to die in this coming day, there have to be nuclear there has to be nuclear warfare. All the green grass is burned up. A third of the trees are burned up. Trumpet number two sounds. A third of the seas turn to blood. These things are happening rapidly. All of this in one seven-year period. Trumpet number three. A third of the rivers and the springs of water are contaminated. People die just because of the contamination of the water. Trumpet number four. A third of the sun, moon, and stars don't give their light. What it means is a third of the day is darkness. You can't uh, see the sun. But a third of the night, you can't see the moon or the stars. Some believe because of the type of nuclear war that's going on, the atmosphere is so affected that it's just a natural consequence. But however it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Trumpet number five, fascinating. Bible says there's a place that's a literal place somewhere down below in the center of planet Earth, somewhere down below called the abyss. When Satan rebelled against God and he took a third of God's angels with him, they rebelled with him, some of those more powerful and most rebellious angels, God said, I'm not going to let you roam the earth. And so some of those angels that rebel with Lucifer are locked up. It's real right now in a place called the abyss. When the fifth trumpet sounds, there's an angel that opens the door of the abyss and out come these demonic creatures. They're funky looking. Faces like lions, hair like women. They got big teeth. And they're given power to torment people on the earth but not to kill them. And here's what it says. Men will long to die and death will elude them. It says when they afflict someone, it's like the sting of a scorpion. And men are longing to die, but they won't die. It's the closest thing to hell on earth the world's ever seen. And then trumpet number six. One-fourth of the population has died in the war and the famine, and now another third die when trumpet number six sounds. If you do the math, 50% of the population is now gone. Let me put that in perspective. Right now as we sit here in church, there's about 7.8 billion people on the planet. If this were to take place in our day, 3.9 billion people would die. Let me help you focus in a little more. Right now in our country, our population in the United States is a little over 300 million. So the number of people that are going to die, if it were to happen in our day, is 13 times the population presently of the United States. COVID is a walk in the park. Trumpet number six sounds. 
and then trumpet number seven. And trumpet number seven, Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, which said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. It's just the opposite of what's happening on earth. On earth, people are dying, and people are just without hope, and it's like a time that's never been and never will be again. Utter devastation. But in heaven, we're up there going, it's almost time. Jesus is coming back, and we're coming back with him. And heaven is excited. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will reign forever and ever. And then you get into some interesting verses, interesting chapters. God tells us the, the power that's kind of running the world. It's Satan. And then there's a beast out of the sea. Revelation tells us sea represents the nations. And then there's a, another dude that causes people on the earth to worship the beast that comes out of the sea. What is all that? Let me give it to you in short form. Satan is the unholy father. Antichrist is the unholy and false savior. The one who causes the world to worship the false savior is the false, unholy prophet. And you put them together, and what you have is an unholy trinity. Everything God is, Satan has wanted, but will never have. And as the unholy trinity does its best, Jesus is still seated on the throne. And he's ready, and he's coming soon. But before... The final end. There's chapter 14. And chapter 14, before I read you the verse, my heritage is Baptist. That's my denominational background, and I'm not ashamed of that. One of the things the Baptists have been very good at is encouraging the Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And that's why Baptists, my heritage, have sent out missionaries around the world. And they ought to continue to do that. And so should Calvary Chapel Fellowship and any other local church that's worth its salt. But I heard the Great Commission, and there was such pressure to share Jesus with people. And with that, I was taught that before Jesus could come back, we have to be successful in reaching the world with the gospel. I don't believe that anymore. No way. I'm out of here. I'm not coming to this church anymore. Listen to what I'm saying. It doesn't lessen our responsibility to share the gospel with others or to send missions and missionaries to the ends of the earth. That is the great commission, and we're called to it. But the final thrust and the final gospel message will not be shared by human agents. It's right here. 
Revelation chapter 4, verse 6, just before the very end, before the second coming of Jesus, verse 6, John says, then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. That's everybody. Nobody's going to be missed. Everybody is going to hear it because God wants all men to be saved. And the cataclysmic events that are happening, God wants people to be saved out of it. And so he sends an angel. And he goes all the way around the world, and every single person hears and has one final opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. After this is proclaimed, And the last person to receive Christ is saved. And then you get to chapter 15. Let me tell you what happens in chapter 15. John sees heaven open, the seven angels with the seven last plagues. So out of the seventh trumpet, God still wants to give people opportunity. And so from the seventh trumpet come seven bowls of judgment. The gospel is proclaimed. People have a final opportunity to be saved. But for those who reject this one last opportunity, at the end of chapter 15, here's what it says in verse 8, and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Once the final gospel message goes out and there's an opportunity to receive Christ or say no to Christ, at that point, after the final opportunity... No prayer will do anybody any good. Nobody can get into the temple. Nobody can intercede because it won't do any good anymore. The end is absolutely sci-fi-ish. I mean, if it wasn't the Bible, you'd go, I just don't believe that's going to happen. Now malignant sores break out on the population. Bowl number two is poured out. Now all the oceans are polluted. Bowl number three is poured out and all the fresh water is polluted. Now you got nothing to drink. It's the end. Bowl number four is scorching heat. And because the last person is saved and everybody else's heart is hardened, you know what happens when people are scorched by the heat? You know what they do? They say, GD! And J.C., and it ain't to praise God. They curse him. That's what it says. They curse him. And then bowl number five. You wanted darkness? You got it. Darkness falls on the world. Men are gnawing for the pain and the agony, and yet they're cursing God. And then bowl number six. I stood on trips to Israel And I've looked out on the plain of Megiddo. Napoleon called it the perfect battlefield. And it's where the final human battle will be fought. It's called Armageddon. The Bible says the blood will flow to the horse's bridles. I mean, you talk about death. And then bowl number seven. Revelation 16, verse 17. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. And out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, It is done. 
Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on the earth. So tremendous was the quake. The great city, Jerusalem, split into three parts. The cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the Great. That's a term for the world against God. And gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. Every island fled away. The mountains could not be found from the sky. Huge hailstones of about a hundred pounds each fell upon men. What was the Old Testament under the law means of capital punishment for blasphemy? Stoning. Hailstones. 100 pounds each. And they cursed God on account of the plague of hail because the plague was so terrible. So the final hours on planet Earth Last person has been saved. The ones that remain, because of the devastation that's happening, they're GDing and JCing and cursing God. But in heaven, in heaven, chapter 19. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are his judgments. He's condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He's avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again, they shouted, hallelujah. The smoke of her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders, four living creatures fell down, worshiped God who was seated on the throne, and they cried, amen. It means so be it. Hallelujah. And then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both small and great. And then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns. If somehow you've dozed off during this message, I don't know how that can happen, but it can happen. Uh, could you wake back up? Could you get somebody beside you and make sure they're awake? Just kind of bump them. Because this last part. This is like choir practice because we're going to be the ones saying it. We're going to be the ones declaring it. We're going to be the ones that are going to come back with Jesus for a thousand-year reign. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. And then he's going to create new heavens and a new earth. There's going to be no more death, mourning, crying, or pain. Did you hear what I just said? So here's your part. Whoop, hang on, hang on. The first one is hallelujah. The second one is tricky, hallelujah. But as loud as you were a few moments ago, this is the loudest. This is the end for the world and for us, the beginning. Before the rain, there's the wrath. But we're not appointed to wrath. We're going to reign. And so I want you to say it as loud as you can say it until it hurts. And so I'm going to read through what I just read. When I point the first time, that's the first hallelujah. When I point the second time, that's the second hallelujah. When I point the third time, don't miss it, amen. 
Hallelujah. And then the fourth time, you already got that one down. Hallelujah. You got it, right? After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He's condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He's avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders, the four living creatures, fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne, and they cried, Amen! Hallelujah! And then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both small and great. And then I heard, what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. That's not how the book ends. Again, Jesus does come back. We come back with him. We rule and reign with him for a thousand years. After the thousand years, there's the final judgment. All those who've rejected salvation go into eternity called the lake of fire. We go into new heavens and a new earth where there's no more death or mourning or crying or pain. And here's how it ends. Chapter 22, verse 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come! And let him who hears say, Come! Whoever's thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. God told me this morning in my prayer time, and I'm not like this. This doesn't happen all the time. God told me in my spirit, people are going to get saved today. Maybe watching my live stream. Maybe you're here with us. You'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, listen. If you don't, if you reject the salvation that God offers you're going to have hell to pay. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. That's what the Bible says. God has done everything he can that you and I might be saved. God wants people to be saved more than I want people to be saved. Don't you want to be saved? Don't you want to know that you don't have to fear death? You don't have to fear hell. You don't have to fear the future. You can actually look forward to it. If that's you, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You pray from your heart. You're praying to him. You're not praying to me. You're praying to him, and he hears you. Would you just pray from your heart? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. 
Now help me to live for you the rest of this life. In Jesus' name. We're so thankful to be able to share the Word of God with you here on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join us in our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? Prayer is such a powerful tool against the enemy, and there's much to pray about during these days of speculation, doubt, and fear. Perhaps there's a listener who's really wrestling with all of the uncertainties, and your prayers could be a way to minister to their heart and mind, renewing their faith along the way. Please pray that each person who hears these messages would find encouragement. We're reminded in these New Testament books that God came to earth as a man, just like us, and suffered in ways that we might be suffering currently. But He came to redeem each one of us, and that gives hope beyond what's happening in front of you. Thanks for praying. With that, we've come to the end of our time today. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Danny continued teaching through this series called New Testament Highlights. We hope you'll tune in again, right here on The Living Word.